Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. This episode of the Steadfast and Law Podcast is brought to us by our dear friends at the United States Concealed Carry Association. The United States CCA helps responsible Americans like you prepare for what happens before, during, and after an active act of lawful self-defense. USCCA members get life-saving education, expert training, plus self-defense liability insurance. Plus, a USCCA membership is always risk-free with their 100% money-back bulletproof guarantee membership is truly an investment worth exploring click learn more below right now to activate your u.s concealed carry association membership click learn more right now and also one of the benefits of being a member you get their monthly concealed carry magazine and as a reminder the united states concealed carry association is not an insurance company a policy has been issued to the uscca by Universal Fire and Casualty Insurance Company. That policy provides the association and its members with self-defense liability insurance subject to its terms, conditions, limitations, and exclusions. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. You know, it was back in 2012. It was a little town hall meeting. You know, as a member of Congress, I like to get out into the areas and talk to people and be very open and upfront with them and hear their thoughts, hear their concerns, answer their questions. That's what a representative is supposed to do. So there I was in Jensen Beach, Florida, Martin County, back in 2012, election year, my very first election as a member of Congress. And a nice lady really nice lady, stood up, and you could see the concern on her face. And she said to me, Congressman Colonel, she said, I'm really worried about, you know, this socialism thing and and, and how it seems to me that it is creeping into our government, creeping into our country. And I responded, and I told her, I'm very concerned about that as well. You know, because I got a few degrees that in political science and political theory and and understanding that. And so I told her that it's not just that we have to be concerned about socialism. We have to be concerned about the fact that, you know, there's communism there. And I said, there's 75 to 80 people that really subscribe to, to communist ideology that are up there on Capitol Hill. Oh, boy. <laughs> Did that open up Pandora's box? Because as a matter of fact, you know, when you're running for elected office, you know, one of the tactics of the left and some people on the right, they have these trackers that follow you around. Well, there was this group from San Francisco called Credo Pack, Credo Pack, whatever, Creepy Pack. 
And they had established a shadow campaign down there in South Florida that was following me around and, and running ads and everything against me. They produced their own, you know, yard signs and everything. And it went viral. And I explained to this woman at that time about the Congressional Progressive Caucus, but they didn't want to hear that. So all of a sudden, Alan West's first-time member of the United States House of Representatives is now being called the new McCarthy. He is gone crazy. He is calling people communists. You know, it's that same ignorant, incompetent, emotional response that you get from the left, thinking that they can take something and use it to demonize, thinking that they can take something and beat you down upon the head and make you apologize or rescind your statement? Well, that wasn't happening with me. Because the thing is, when you have the moral high ground, when you understand political philosophies and ideologies, you should be bold. And that was something that I didn't see from the Republican Party at that time because they weren't standing out and saying anything about it. As a matter of fact, I remember Mitt Romney, who was running for president at that time, against Barack Obama in 2012 on the Bill O'Reilly show. Bill O'Reilly asked him, do you think Obama is a, is a socialist? And Mitt Romney was kind of like, I don't, I don't want to get into you know, name-calling and labels. It's not name-calling and labels. It's defining people based upon the ideology and the philosophy of governance that they have embraced. Too often we're afraid to say what is evident, what is right here before our eyes. Because we don't want to what, hurt people's feelings. We don't want to upset folks. The left doesn't care about offending people or upsetting. And they will not tell the truth. They will tell lies to do it. So why is it that we're afraid to tell the truth? Because we don't want someone on MSNBC or CNN or some of these other leftist outlets to say something bad about us or write something bad about us. Remember that it was Republicans who redistricted me out of the congressional district that I represented down in South Florida. Maybe because they weren't used to an old combat commander who would stand up and fight for what he believed in. They believed in his oath to the Constitution. So, yeah, I said that. And the left had an apoplectic meltdown. I mean, if you could picture the entire progressive socialist left on the floor, frothing at the mouth, you know, throwing themselves around, probably looking like Linda Blair and the exorcist, head spinning around. But the thing is that when people challenged me and said, are you going to retract that statement? Nope. Can you explain that statement? Yep. Progressivism was the term that the European communists used, and communists used, period, at the turn of the century to try to bring that philosophy into the West. And namely into America. I mean, many people talking about Woodrow Wilson's administration being the first real progressive administration here in the United States of America. All you have to do is look at some of the policies he implemented. Or Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Or Lyndon Johnson, Jimmy Carter. Those are all progressive administrations. And then when I wrote an article in The Hill that explained it and explained some of the pieces of legislation and policy that was coming out of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, all of a sudden, no one wanted to talk about it anymore because the cat was out of the bag. 
And all of a sudden, the left realized that this was a person that was not going to back down, and I had to drop on him. Now, fast forward. Here we are in 2023. They firmly admit who they are as socialists. They don't even hide it. I mean, you have members in the House of Representatives now, they say that. They run on that. We've got a guy that was elected out of Austin, Texas, a congressional representative, who's an avowed socialist, and we've got others that are. And what is socialism? Socialism is an economic model of government control. It starts off first with the policy of wealth redistribution. You know, that whole thing about people got rich people got to pay fair share. Well, the top 1%, if I'm correct, pay in between 46 and 48%. So what's a fair share of all the taxes in the country? The other thing is they talk about nationalizing economic production. That's what the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, was all about. It was about nationalizing one-sixth of our economy, which was the health care industry. Hugo Chavez, that's what he did with the oil and gas industry. Down in Venezuela, he nationalized it and destroyed that country. Instead, here, we got Joe Biden, who just wants to destroy the oil and gas industry. But they're looking at every means they can bring, you know, nationalized control of aspects of our economy under the government. Mark Levin calls it statism as well. The third thing is the creating and expansion of a welfare nanny state. I, I call it the dependency society because that's what they want. They want to get more people wedded to government largesse. And we know what Alexander Fraser Teitler said. Democracy cannot exist as a permanent form of a government. It can only exist until a time when people realize they can vote their own largesse from the public treasury. From that moment on, people will always vote for the one that is promising them the most benefits with the ensuing result being the collapse of a democracy over loose fiscal policy followed by a dictatorship. He said that back in the 17th, 18th century. Scottish philosopher. See, that's what happens when you read. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of people on the left don't read. They're just mindless lemmings. And that's why we can beat them. That's the purpose of this podcast is to share this knowledge with you, to keep you informed, educated and activated to go out there and win on this ideological battlefield between progressive socialism and constitutional conservatism, real classical liberalism. What's the fourth thing about socialism? This whole thing called social egalitarianism. You know, everybody's the same. Everybody's going to be equal equity. You know, it's the decision about outcomes, the equality of outcomes. That's what the left is all about. That's what socialists are all about. Not the equality of opportunity, says the kid like me, born in the Blacks Only Hospital in 1961, now has his own podcast at the age of 62 in the United States of America, retired as a lieutenant colonel, been a member of the United States House of Representatives, chairman of the largest state Republican party in the country. That's equality of opportunity. And that's not what the left wants. They want social egalitarianism. They want to be able to decide. That's why this whole thing about equity is out. That's why you got to read and study and understand. Social egalitarianism is what they want. Except if you're above the cut line and you're part of the elite. Kind of like that movie, The Hunger Games. <laughs> Remember that? Where you had all the elite people, the cute, good-looking people, with all the flat, flashy clothes and everything. They lived in the capital which today are our major urban population centers. 
but everybody else lived out in the districts. And the people in the districts just had their outcomes determined for them. And they provided whatever resources up to the capital to be able to live. I don't want equity. I want equality of opportunities. I don't want social egalitarianism. And the last thing about socialism is secular humanism. Because if we continue down the belief that there is a creator God that endows you with your inalienable rights, life, liberty, property, John Locke, Second Treaties of Government, 1689, Thomas Jefferson changed that to pursuit of happiness. If that comes, emanates from a creator God, which means that you are sovereign as an individual in the United States of America because your rights come from a sovereign God. But all of a sudden, if we can just move God out of the way, push him out of the marketplace of ideas and reestablish us, man, government, little g, as the one that is the grantor of these rights and therefore the take of these rights, then we can control you. And we know that Marx and Engels and one of the founding principles of socialism and Marxism is that they didn't want to compete with God. They didn't want you to believe that you had to endure here and live a certain type of life, and then you got reward in heaven. They wanted to say, we can reward you right here, which comes back to the creating and expanding of a welfare nanny state, where they try to create it for you here, which means that it is based upon equity, social egalitarianism, because there's only so much that they can give you, but they give it to you. You get a free apartment. It's not a great apartment, but it's a free apartment. You get free health care, not great health care, but you get health care. And in the end, it collapses, just like Alexander Fraser Teitler said, over loose fiscal policy followed by a dictatorship, which is what socialism is all about. is an economic model to get you to a societal model, which is communism. Lenin said it. The goal of socialism is communism. Now, why do we have people in the United States of America in these vaunted elected positions that are afraid to say what I just said? When it's all backed up in fact and truth and history? Because they're political cowards, I guess. And so now look at where we are in this country. Where people that are going out and determining what kind of stove you can have in your home? That's tyrannical. That's socialism. They're trying to say, well, this is the type of car that you must drive. And if you can't afford it, I guess you're going to have to get on public transportation. That's social egalitarianism. That's, once again, nationalizing an aspect of our economy, transportation. They don't want you to be able to hop in a car and just be able to go wherever you want to go because they want to control wherever you get to go. And think about it. Some people have talked about putting a little meter in your vehicles that will tell them, the state, the government, how much you're driving so you can be taxed on that. And 12 years ago when I brought this out, people got upset about it. Now they're happy to say that this is who we are. And you've got a media complex now that is worse than Pravda. You know, the old Soviet Union. Well, I mean, Russia still has a 
state-controlled media, just the same as they do in China. And guess what? We got kind of a state-controlled media here. And with this state-controlled media, they are colluding with private sector social media platforms to do what? To censor your free speech. Because they don't believe you have free speech. They don't believe in the constitutional rights. They believe in their ideological rights. And if you are out there saying things that is not acceptable to them, then you're not allowed to say it. That's where we've come to in the 12 years, 11 years, when I brought this out at Jensen Beach. And I just sat back and watched it happen. And the lack of strong, principled, resolute, conservative voices that will speak out against it. And I'm not talking about onesie twosies. I'm talking about concerted voices that will call it out. Afraid to do it. And now, I mean... You know, we want to take away your Second Amendment rights because socialist communists, they don't want political opposition. They don't want you to be able to defend yourself against them. And look what's happening with former President Trump. I mean, that's what they do. They go after political opponents. Look at what's happened with pro-life activists. That's what they do. They go after their political opponents and they throw you in jail. And if, if we ever get to the point where you're completely disarmed, they'll just throw you up against the wall. And no, that's not hyperbole. That's not being over the top. That's been proven in history. Because it, they don't want any opposition. Socialism and communism has given us some of the most genocidal, maniacal, murderous regimes that we have ever seen since its inception and is being brought forth. I mean, you think about it. These people like Terry McAuliffe, who finally said on that debate stage of Virginia what we know the left was saying behind closed doors, that parents don't have a right to decide what their children are being taught. Who was the first person that ever talked about state control of education? Who was the first person that ever put it out there in black and white? Karl Marx, Frederick Engels, one of the planks in the Communist Manifesto. And now what do you see happening in the teachers' unions and everybody, they just totally against this whole thing about parental choice and educational freedom? No. You don't have that right. Like we heard that state representative say, parents ain't smart enough to be entrusted with the resources to decide what's best for their children's education. See, in the Bible, in Proverbs, it says, train up a child in the way that you should go, they should go so that when they grow old, they shall not depart from it. And it wasn't saying the government trained up the child. It was talking about us, the parents, grandparents. That's not what they believe in. The elimination of private property. Karl Marx, Frederick Engels, one of the planks in the Communist Manifesto. And look what is happening. I mean, I live here in Texas. And you would think here in Texas, I mean, the word free would just just be oozing all over the place. I don't own my home because I get taxed on my property. I can pay off my mortgage on my house. I will never own my house here in the state of Texas because taxation is based upon my property. And some little group of people call it appraisal district are always the ones assessing it. That goes completely against what we believe in here in the United States of America. Life, liberty, property, 
as John Locke said, natural rights theory. We don't have that. And this is supposedly a red state. I mean, you think about this whole thing about a Federal Reserve, which came forward during that first progressive administration of Woodrow Wilson. Who were the first people that talked about, really, and put it in black and white and fully supported it as a political philosophy and ideology? Central banking, Karl Marx, Frederick Engels, that's one of the planks. The Communist Manifesto, centralized banking. That's why you got to be concerned about these guys right now trying to go out there and Gobble up all of these banks. Let's, let's get more bailouts. Let's bring them under our wing. That's why you got to be concerned about Joe Biden vetoing this thing about your own private investments. Your own investment portfolio must include environmental social governance crap, green crap. I don't even get to choose what I'm investing my money in. And oh, by the way, you're taking my money on top of that. Government doesn't invest money. They spend money. The government has no resources. They usurp it and take it from us. And now they're telling me what I can do with my own private investment. This is what happens when we fail to realize who the other side is. This is what happens when we are too afraid to come out and call them as they are. And now they're saying, yeah, we're progressives, which means they're saying we're communists. There's no Democrat Party in the United States of America. They're progressive socialists. Now, there are even people that are in the Republican Party that are progressives. They're just not progressive socialists. There are still people in the Republican Party that believe in more government control. Remember what I just said? I'm here in the state of Texas. We have taxes on our property, so I can never own my own home here in the state of Texas. And for whatever reason, they won't eliminate property taxes. They can go back to a consumption-based tax. That's how we had taxation before we created the IRS, not, you know, well, you know, I mean, the income tax, the federal income tax, something else that kind of came during the Woodrow Wilson era. It was supposed to be temporary in nature. And now it's used as a weapon of mass destruction for wealth redistribution. That's what's going on in America. So, folks, let's stop thinking in terms of political parties, Republican and Democrat. It is a lot deeper than that. What we have to start thinking about is political philosophies. Because the foundational premise of the United States of America is that the individual is supreme over the institution of government. Government exists only by the consent of the governed. If you don't understand that, there's a really nice little book called The Law by Frederick Bastiat, B-A-S-T-I-A-T, French economist, that was first published back in 1850. I want you to read that. It's only 52 pages. But it tells you the real role and responsibility of the government when it comes to the law. It's about respecting and protecting us, our individual rights, our life, our liberty, our property. We've gotten so far away from that. And the uniparty is a good way of putting it because there are people that don't believe that you are sovereign as an individual in the United States of America. And sadly, there are people in the United States of America that don't believe that people are sovereign over the institution of government. That's what statists believe. Progressives, socialists, Marxists, communists, that they should reign supreme over the individual. And when the individual does not 
comply, when the individual is an obstacle, you eliminate the obstacle. You put them in jail, you put them against a wall. That's what they want to do. So we got a choice here in the United States of America. We got to start understanding the basic ideals of progressivism, socialism, Marxism, communism, statism. And we got to understand what constitutional conservatism, the true classical liberalism, is all about. I mean, our free market economic system, individual responsibility, good quality education, the strength of our families, something else that the left has tried to undermine and destroy, the traditional nuclear family. They're all about redefining everything. I mean, I remember once upon a time, the rainbow represented God's promise to Noah that he would not once, you know, ever again destroy the earth by water. Now the rainbow, thanks to the leftists and the radical LGBTQIAQ plus YZ whatever, has come to mean something totally different. That's what the left does. They redefine. They eliminate. They destroy. They undermine. They put cracks in the foundation. Can't allow that to happen. I won't allow that to happen. And just as I did back in 2012 in Jensen Beach, Florida, I will continue to highlight these differences. I will continue to talk about the philosophy of governance that is the fundamental basis of this constitutional republic, not a democracy. We do have a representative democracy, but our founding fathers never meant for us to have a democracy. So please, Joe Biden and the left, stop saying that. It just shows you're ignorant when it comes to understanding what America is. But then there are those of us that allow them to get away with it. As I wrote in a piece on Town Hall, they're talking about they're the real threats to this constitutional republic and our representative democracy. And we got to find the courage to say that. Twelve years ago or so, if we had stood up and identified this new, I don't know, version 4.0 or progressivism, socialism, statism that was seeking to infect the United States of America, Maybe we wouldn't be where we are today. But it's being taught in our schools, down to the middle school level now. It's affecting our families by affecting our children. It's undermining our sovereignty, not just individual sovereignty, but the actual territorial sovereignty of this country. It is a cancer. And the Steadfast and Law podcast will always seek to be a cure for America to eradicate this cancer. Steadfast and loyal. Before they burn it down